of the outdoors, but nature. I'm a vegan, of course. Slowly working towards full freaking vegan. Hi, my name is Joni Marie Newman, and I will be your driver today. We're driving through town, ranting and raving, talking about things that are on my mind. So sit back and enjoy Vegan Road Ramps. Happy New Year! Welcome to 2015. It should be a very exciting year. I can feel it in my bones. I know good things are gonna happen this year. I know good things are gonna happen for the animals. I know good things are gonna happen for veganism. And veganism just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more mainstream and more out there in the public. References on all kinds of TV shows, talk shows, news, restaurants opening, new cookbooks coming out, blogs of the yin yang. It's just so easy to be vegan. I'm expecting the vegan population to practically double in 2015. I hope you're as excited about 2015 as I am. Uh, this episode of Vegan Road Ramps is going to be dedicated to positive outreach. Positive outreach for uh, reaching non-vegans, explaining veganism to non-vegans, and challenging people to eat less meat. Um, not to be preachy, but to do it in a positive and wonderful manner. Um, please do your best to participate in this challenge that I am uh, giving to you to promote veganism in a positive way, not in a judgmental, preachy, negative way, but in a positive way to everyone you meet, or as many people as you can. Get uh, 2015 off to a great start. So I'm gonna challenge all of you to help me with this endeavor. Let's double the amount of vegans in the world by the end of 2015. We can totally do that. If each one of us, each one of us, gets one person to go vegan this year, then we will double the amount of veganism in the world. It just takes one person. If each one of us gets one person, we're gonna double our numbers. Imagine if you got five people to go vegan. Let's do our best to get as many people to go vegan in 2015 as possible. And at the very least, let's do our best to get as many people as possible to reduce the amount of meat and animal products that they're eating on a regular basis. Some people do not, do not respond well to you telling them you can never eat meat or cheese or dairy or any of that stuff again. But they might be open to Meatless Monday or one day a week not eating meat or even one meal a day eliminating meat from their diet. Maybe you know someone who eats meat three times a day. Maybe we can get them to eliminate meat from one meal every day. That's seven meals a week that they won't be eating the suffering of animals. So let's do our best to reduce the suffering for animals this year and to increase the amount of vegans on our team. Let's do it with positivity, let's do it with excitement, and let's do it with love and compassion. Happy New Year, everybody, and I really hope you enjoy this episode of Vegan Road Rants. I'm on the road to Arizona. 
I'm super excited, taking myself a little alone road trip to Arizona for the very first ever Arizona Veg Fest. Um, it's tomorrow and today is Friday. So I'm going out a day in advance, gonna spend the night with my in-laws and then head over to the food fest tomorrow. Super excited about that. Um, it's the first time I've ever like decided to go to a veg fest that I'm not working at. I'm just going to enjoy myself, going all by myself. So I've got no one to tell me where to go, what to do, what time I have to be somewhere, making sure everybody's happy, making sure I'm running my booth, none of that. None of that. I'm just going to have a total and complete blast. I'm hoping to talk to as many people as possible. I'm hoping to visit uh, friends like JL Fields and check out all of her pressure cooking stuff. Um, I have the book on order, so it should be arriving at my house any day now, but I would love to see her in person. I'm looking forward to seeing Michelle from the Herbivore booth. I'm looking forward to seeing any and every vegetarian, uh, vegan vendor that has showed up at this first and exciting inaugural vegetarian food festival in, uh, I believe it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm gonna drop off a couple of books for the raffle, but other than that, I am a free agent. Gonna mingle, gonna meet people, gonna pass out my card, gonna collect some cards. I'm super, super excited. I've never had such freedom at an event before, so I'm super, super stoked. So I hope all of you that go to the food festival get a chance to meet me, and I get a chance to meet you, and I'm looking forward to making new veggie friends in Arizona. My in-laws live in Arizona, so I visit Arizona several times a year. Hopefully, uh, if some of you guys live in Arizona, I'll be able to meet you, and therefore have a reason to go out to eat with somebody when I'm there. All right, guys, I will uh, talk about the festival on my way home. I will talk to you after the festival. Breaking news. So California has lifted its ban on the sale of foie gras. Gross. Seriously, gross. Uh, it's not that foie gras isn't already a totally disgusting thing in and of itself, taste-wise. I've smelled it. It smells like cat food. Uh, I don't know why anybody would want to eat it. But uh, it has been banned in California, and a judge, Supreme Court judge, overturned the ban allowing the sale of foie gras to uh, come back to California. It's kind of a bummer. Um, it's still illegal to raise and um, actually make foie gras in California. And for those of you who do not know what foie gras is, it's a, uh, basically, you have to force feed a duck or a goose until basically its liver swells up and almost virtually explodes because it gets so sick from being force-fed. The liver blows up and gets diseased and swells up and 
Apparently that's a tasty treat. The swelled up, diseased, disgusting liver of a goose or duck. Anyhow, if there, what, uh, I don't even know how to, how to breach this. This is just so gross. So the thing is, it actually, it doesn't surprise me that California would go back and, and lift this ban under the, you know, a bunch of restaurant chefs asking them to. But what really grosses me out is how many people are so excited about it. Oh, yay, yay, the government lifted the ban on the sale of foie gras in California. Gross, seriously, is the, there's already like 10 billion other gross things you meat eaters eat. Why do you need this really cruel and really disgusting thing on your plate? Seriously, make a mushroom pate. It's way tastier than gross ass diseased duck liver. Um, I'm sorry, this is not a very uh, informative uh, speaking about a news topic, but um, California did allow the sale of foie gras again. Um, it's still not allowed to be made in California, but it is allowed to be imported and sold. Um, yeah, gross. You don't need foie gras. There are 10 billion other things in the world to eat. And if you really have your heart set on a brown mushy paste to spread on bread, why not put it in like a mushroom pate or something? Come on, come on. All right, that is all. Foie gras is gross. So some good news out of uh, Utah. Utah prosecutors dropped um, ag gag charges against four animal rights activists. Uh, their names are Sarah Jane Gage, Robert Penny, Harold Weiss, and Brian Monell. Um, they have they were charged with taking pictures of um, a farm owned by Smithfield, which is the world's largest pork producer. Um, it's actually, I think it's called Four Circle Farms, and it's owned by Smithfield. It's actually the Four Circle Farms that requested that the ag-gag charges be dropped against these folks. The trespass charges are still on the table, but the uh, more serious um, ag-gag part of the criminal charges have been dropped, which is good news. Um, the interesting thing is that, that it's the farm that suggested that the charges be dropped. Why would a pork farm ask them to drop the charges against a bunch of animal rights activists for doing exactly what these meat producers and animal agriculture uh, proponents have been fighting so hard to get these laws passed? Why would they now then drop the charges? find it interesting. Um, my personal opinion is that they're dropping the charges because, I mean, just like when Unilever sued uh, Hampton Creek, consumers think it's gross. Consumers have a, a bad taste in their mouth when big corporations go after little people. So people want to know the truth. And once people realize that there's these four people that were taking pictures of animal cruelty, um, people want to know about the animal cruelty. They want to know about it. Now, a lot of people don't want to know where their food comes from, 
and they'll happily eat a bacon cheeseburger without having any thought that it actually came from a pig. But when told that there's these people that took pictures on a pork farm that shows animal cruelty, and now the pork farm wants to have them arrested, people get a bad taste in their mouth. I know it's very hypocritical, so I think the reason that Smithfield, by the way, this one farm owned by Smithfield, just this one farm, this Fork Circle Farm in Utah, kills over 1.2 million pigs a year. 1.2 million pigs a year just at this one single farm. Ew, so gross. And so these animal rights activists took photos or whatever they were doing um, and got arrested and got charged with these uh, criminal animal enterprise terrorism act or something like that. Who knows? One of the ag, one of the ag gag laws that are prevalent in the state of Utah. Um, but I believe that that Smithfield sees this as a PR move to drop the charges, not because they agree that it's okay for animal rights activists to show up on their farms, but because they feel like it's a PR move to say, hey, no, we're, we're transparent when the case is not that they are transparent. They are not at all transparent. They're not going to allow anybody to walk on their farms and take pictures. However, this is kind of like it serves their own agenda. Oh, look at us. We're not going to press charges against, against these animal rights folks. We have nothing to hide, but that's such bullshit. It's just such a, a PR move on their behalf to allow them to drop the charges on this or to suggest that the prosecutors drop the charges on this. So we'll have to keep watching and see what happens. But as of right now, Sarah Jane Gage, Robert Penny, Harold Weiss, and Brian Monell have had the, the ag-gang charges dropped against them in the state of Utah. Utah sorry. They have had the charges dropped against them in the state of Utah, so we can be thankful for that, and we hope that uh, the rest of the charges get dropped, as well as we hope that people still have the guts to go out and do what these undercover um, activists were doing, and we thank you for your service. Next up is an interview with one of my most favorite ladies in the world. Her name is Jackie Sobon, and she is the vegan mastermind behind veganyakattack.com. You can find her on Facebook. You can find her on Twitter. You can find her on Instagram, all under Vegan Yak Attack. Uh, you can also check out her photography website, which is Jackie Sobon Photography. She's an amazing food photographer, amazing recipe developer, super awesome blogger, and all-around pretty amazing woman. So sit back and relax and enjoy some conversation with me and Jackie. I'm here with Jackie from Vegan Yak Attack, and we're going to go check out a new vegan sushi place in Long Beach. Woo! I'm excited. I'm really excited about this. I know. I read good things about it. The pictures look amazing. So we'll see. I'm so hungry, I'm gonna stuff my face. I am on engine two challenge, so I am not going to stuff my face. <laughs> Can you give me the sauce, please? Oh no. I think your sushi is just pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. You can get some like salted or not salted edamame. <laughs> not uh -oh. salted edamame. Oh, just, uh, but I can have soy sauce. 
Oh, you can't? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I didn't eat breakfast, so. I had a banana. Did I see? Hold me over. Be easy for us. Oh, I'm so excited. Tell me what's going on in your life. Um, so my life. Okay, well, it's January, right? Yes. And, um, last year was pretty crazy. So I shot two cookbooks. Um, and then, no, no, not this one, that one. Then you're gonna go. This one goes up. So um, I shot two cookbooks. One for Lindsay Nixon of Happy Herbivore. I shot a bunch of photos for holiday cookbook, and then um, I did the photos and everything for uh, Greens 24/7 with Jessica Nadell of um, Cupcakes and Kale, and that was a really great project. I just got my copy of that, and it's awesome. Um, so I really recommend that you get that. I don't make any money off of that. <laughs> so I really have like no reason to really endorse it. But it's it's really great, and I really love the recipes on there. They're pretty similar to my own, um, but there's greens in every recipe, or like a green colored food, essentially. So like avocado <laughs> is sometimes the green, and I know that's kind of cheating, but it's still delicious, and who cares? Because avocado rocks, and it's green. Um, Right, and like chaote, like where you're like, oh, this is like a squash technically, but it'll work. But awesome, and she's a baker, so all of her desserts are super, super good. I think my one of my favorite desserts is so simple, it's just like olive oil, lemon, parsley cake. Mm. It's so good, and I really wasn't, like, I, I, I don't know if I really was expecting it to be like, wow, but it was great in its simplicity. Um, oh, so anyways, this year uh, I am hopefully working on a second cookbook with Jess, doing photos for that again. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't think I can. And um, I have another cookbook lined up. I'm trying to work on my own cookbook. I've submitted a proposal for that, so fingers crossed that that goes through. Um, and then I have maybe another cookbook that I'm doing photos for. So I'm just on the photography tip right now, right. Um, which is awesome. I'm really excited about that. And I'm trying to keep my blog going in the meantime. Um, I just did a guest post for the Indian, the Kluski, which is... Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw like, that. Yeah, Kluski. So, so sweet. Uh, so sweet. Yeah. I know. And, like, I honestly... So, okay. The backstory, which I kind of go into on the blog... So my dad's family, the whole side is Polish, and my grandparents, super Polish, came to Michigan in during World War II. Um, they met like in a rope factory, uh, and so they came here, set up in Michigan, you know, yada yada. Families later, we go back there every year, you know, visit. But this this visit um, was about like five years ago. This is when my grandfather passed away. And um, we, uh, what's it called? So we went over there. This is pre-vegan for me. I was about to be vegetarian. And my grandmother had, like, borderline Alzheimer's. Couldn't really see anything. Couldn't hear anything that well. And so she's going to make Lucy. I decided I wanted to document that and then, like, write down the recipe so that I could recreate it later on. That was really smart. Yeah, and so I kind of was like guesstimating, and it's super simple. Because all this pussy really is is like a rough noodle slash dumpling. And even if you if you go online and you look at pussy, they'll be like in really cute little dough balls. So if you want to do it that way, that's fine. But mine's easier, and it still tastes great. They go little fingers. Yeah, and it's like rustic. So <laughs> that's a buzzword. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, and it's traditionally served in like a meat sauce. Just like a, like she would do like pork sausage or something like that. Obviously I'm not going to do that. And so, um, the last time I did a guest post for Rika of Vegan Ma'am, it was, uh, my glumpy, the cabbage rolls, which, you know, people just love cabbage rolls because they're delicious. And so she wanted me to do another Polish recipe and I was like, it is time to veganize this recipe. So I did, and it turned out awesome. And I used the Beyond Beef Crumbles, those are Beyond Meat Beef Crumbles. My parents, I had taste them all, and to verify authenticity of this recipe. Of course, of course. And they freaking loved it. My dad loved it and was like, nailed it. Super nailed it, and really exciting. So I was glad that I did that. Does that mean on special occasions now you guys can make that at home and you'll have a big vegan Oh, totally. Lovely. So hungry. Yeah, but, um, so, that would be cool. Yeah, and like pierogi and stuff like that. Nice. Also seabirds in Costa Mesa. So, I mean, you've been there. Yeah. Like once or twice or something. Yeah, I've been a few times. Okay. So, sometimes they're so I'll be honest. Hit or miss. Whatever. But they changed to their like winter menu and they have pierogi on there. Oh. Now, and some other stuff that sounds super delicious. So, I'm trying to go down there pretty soon because I love pierogi. Yes. I mean, and you'd have to like really try and mess that up, I think. <laughs> Their quesadilla there that I had was super delicious, though. I did really like that. I've had soups, salads, bowls. Their salads are always pretty good, even well, though I try not to order, of course. Oh, yeah, the avocado oh, tacos are like how they were when they were on their yeah. truck, and I was always kind of like whatever about them, even though I know people just like are obsessed with them. I think it was just because they were the first ones that did fried avocado tacos. Probably, yeah. They had fried avocado at um, Mohawk Red. No, but the <laughs> other one, the other one, the actual Gold Road. Oh, 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 yeah, those tacos. I know I had those, and those are kind of really similar to Neighbors, and then I was like, they're just okay. But the avo and chips at Mohawk Bend are my favorite. Yeah, I've never them before. Oh, my God. And they're probably the same thing somehow, but oh, my God, they're so good. I love Mohawk Bend so much. Something about fried avocado. It's really it's like good. like so wrong and so right. No, it's great. There's <laughs> nothing wrong about it. Yeah. But other than your books, mostly books. Oh, and Vita Vegan Con. Yes, yes. Oh, shit. A couple so, months. Right, and they I'm speaking Road about, tripping. Oh, yeah, road trip, which I'm really excited about road tripping with you. And um, talking about blogging etiquette and why social media is necessary um, for blogging. I'm excited to go to your to your. I hope that it'll be exciting to Class. go to. As um, not serious as I can be in conversation, I'm actually like, <laughs> when I have a plan for something, I might just be too serious. But we'll see. I'll probably just try to like go by my etiquette. Right. Right. <laughs> you, you, saw, you saw some serious seriousness happening with that shit. That was kind of terrifying, I think, for maybe anybody else that was on the bus, yeah. uh, which sounds really weird. Outside. But um, yeah, vlogging etiquette is seriously. Like, but I I am glad that there's going to be a full-on talk about copyright issues and stuff like that, where an actual lawyer is talking about that kind of stuff for somebody experienced with laws. So because have that, you looked at the whole schedule yet? There's so I many good classes. Of it. I, so many I, good classes. I know. So we'll see if anybody shows up to mine. Of course they will. <laughs> of course they will. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, and I'm, I mean, XO West, I'll be going to XO West just to hang out 
mostly because I like doing that there. And I'm gonna go for the first time this year. Oh my god, that's exciting! Yeah. Oh, I love hanging out there. Um, it's mostly my favorite thing to go to the bottom floor, which is where all the smaller vendors are mm-hmm. and all the cool people. Because everyone else <laughs> on the top floor is like way too corporate, and they just are like, "Oh, you're not buying a millions of dollars worth of products. Like, you can just kick rocks." Like, Last year it was the weekend I got home from my sponsoring a booth there too so really but I guess I'm not exactly sure how they have it set up but there's a so hopefully some kind of a book table where there's only one table for yeah. all authors uh, yeah that makes no matter where they're from and then like they have it dedicated different hours for different authors oh sitting there oh that's so right it'll so be, be there um you know what I don't think so oh I don't think so JL you should come out here yeah, you really should. Oh, again for XOS. She was out here last year for XOS. <laughs> oh, I think she'll be here for XOS. That makes sense. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I got to meet her last weekend. Well, I met her before, but I got oh, yeah. to hang out with her last weekend. In Phoenix. Right. Oh. Kicking off her little book tour. Yeah. I can't wait to get a copy of that. I, mine's on order. I don't know why it hasn't shown up yet. No, I haven't. Well, even for the book tour, I haven't gotten mine yet, so I'm excited. So, I mean, I have my newer pressure cooker, the one that I used for the giveaway on my site a few weeks ago, and that thing is freaking radical. It's probably one of my... I really like the kitchen tool. I don't use it a lot because mm-hmm. I just got it, but I didn't even really use my other one. I have a brand new one that has never been used. Yeah, but now is the time to use it because her stuff looks so tasty. Plus, she had Kate Lewis do the photos in her book, so obviously they're gorgeous. Yeah, no, that's I'm really excited for that book. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Trying to think of what else might be going on this year. I I think that's pretty much. It's a pretty busy well, beginning and, of the year. And That's just like you, the first part of it. Right. Well, yeah. This and uh, one of the titles could go into like fall. Mm. So, yeah, that pretty much covers like the first like eight months of the year. But if you decide to write your other cookbook. Yes, I am going to write that other cookbook. It's just a matter of whether or not my publisher wants to publish that cookbook. Oh, yeah. That'll, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But if they do, which they should, yes. then I'll work on that cookbook. Yes, Yay. that would be very fun and exciting. Oh yeah, I know. <clears throat> My stomach keeps growling right now. I know. I'm talking about all this food. I know. I'm doing that stupid challenge, and all I keep looking at is food porn, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's terrible. But you know, I read that they did a study, and people that look at tasty food feel the same pleasure from looking at it as they do from eating it. The same. I think I believe that to an extent, but whenever I look at like Pinterest or something, the rare occasions that I do, I just get hungry. <laughs> like I'll be like not really that hungry, and then I feel like it just like really accelerates the process. That's fair enough. That's but, fair enough. But you can eat anything once you're hungry, right? You don't have to eat what you were looking at. 
Like I can look oh, at chocolate cake yeah. and then eat a salad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's really funny, don't you? What kind of cruel joke is that? <laughs> well, if it works, oh, I would eat like a cookie instead. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'll just eat one cookie or something. That's funny. Or I'll just buy. Oh, so I I tried out the um the Hampton Creek cookie dough. Oh, me too. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. I love eating pastry, so Jesse listens to this ever. I love eating pastry, and I love them. Great company. Like, super awesome company, super awesome people running that company, and a great product. But, Hampton Creek shit. I was like, this is so good. I'm pretty much, like, in love with any cookie yeah. that I can eat out of a tub that <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to make. Um, especially because I usually don't use that much oil in baking, so, like, my cookie dough just it's super tasty, but it's not the same as like when you were a kid and then you uh-huh. had cookie dough fundraisers and then you just had tubs. This is my life, obviously. Tubs of frozen cookie dough mm. and then you just defrost that and you're like, oh, but without the egg now, which is great. You can add it to ice cream too. Yes. Oh my God. Ugh. We just straight up like split it in half and baked two giant.
this far. They're like Long Beach is where it's at. Well, it's in Lakewood, but oh, yeah, well, there really. But they have this bulk section in there that's incredible. That's cool. So much. They even have nutritional yeast in their book section. What? Yeah. And they even have, I, I got it for Dan. We haven't made it yet. Um, they have this, like, a, a, a vegan chili mix in their book. It's like TBP chili. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, because you were, oh, so I'm going to do that chili contest. Yes. In February. Yes, I have it on my calendar. Right. So February 22nd, I am part of the vegan chili contest for Tony's Darts Away, which is the same people that own Gold Road and Mohawk Bend. So basically, I think that they just got annoyed with me fangirling them so hard on Instagram that <laughs> they were like, all right, maybe if we have her participate in this, she'll just leave us alone, which is not going to happen. I don't think they want you to leave them alone. I don't know, but it's great. So I'm excited and nervous, and I need to make a test recipe already because I haven't done it yet. How many, um, how many people are competing? I think it's five. So... Uh, the chef from Tony's Darts Away is competing. No fair. That's not fair. Home, home court advantage. Right. Right. So, um, the chef from Doomies is competing. Nice. Um, Ron, Ron, I believe it's Ron, um, he owns Sun Cafe, uh -huh. and he's a chef, he's competing. Nice. I've met him, he's nice. Um, and then I think there's one other person that they're trying to nail down that they haven't who it's going to be. Or maybe, is that what happened? Oh, no, no, no. It's another chef. And I forgot her name. Sorry, chef lady. Um, but she's like a personal chef or something like that. Oh, somebody else is there now. <laughs> um, that's wild. Um, and then, uh, who's judging it? Oh, Ayinde. He's one of the judges. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Um, one of the judges is to be announced, and I don't remember who the other. Do we have to buy tickets for it, or do we just show up? So, well, cause we'll see, cause they're gonna announce it next week. So I, yeah, I'm not assuming. Also, I went to um, where'd you get a breakfast the other day? Potholder. Potholder. So I went to Potholder, and I got a burrito. Was it good? The sauce is good. The filling needed a little salt. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. So then I, I actually took, because you know, they serve it in two little burritos. Yes. So I took one of the burritos home, because what happened was I was talking too much during breakfast, which is <laughs> weird, because I love food. But I really was like, oh, like I actually kind of drugged this out enough to where I'm full. And then I put data on it when I got home, and it was delicious, like that. Even just with a little bit of like that. And, and data's really not that healthy. It should be like anywhere right Oh, now. okay. I should be looking out for this. What's it called again? It's called the Lucky Elephant or the Happy Elephant. There it is. Right there! It's a vegan on the episode. That's so cute. Yay. So we are almost there. And it is called, what is it called? The Happy Elephant? The Happy Elephant. Happy Elephant. Vegan sushi. Very exciting. And we will have a full report when we're done. Yay. Here's a little musical interlude while we eat our lunch. Now our bellies are full and we are back. So we just ate at the Happy Elephant. That's my elephant noise. <laughs> I sound like a dying elephant a little bit. <laughs> it was good. I 
you have the right staff and, and you are yeah. at the yeah. right attitude, I think it could be a awesome. A lot of money. And yes, time. a lot of money. And relying on people. But like that little sushi place we were just at? No, it's just it's chill. A perfect a small, little spot. Yeah. Small sushi places are the best. Reasonable to yeah. manage. Like, like if yeah. I had a little spot, a little spot would be all I would want. I wouldn't want right. something huge. Right. And actually, they had a big uh, kitchen area because mm-hmm. I went to the restroom in the back. Right. Yeah, that was just a sweet fro. Um, <laughs> and the restroom was nice and clean. Um, for any of you guys wondering about the restroom. Uh, and it actually was way far back there. So they had a decent kitchen space. But um, it's a perfect lunch spot. Mm-hmm. Like dinner, I can imagine it getting pretty crowded mm-hmm. there. Um, but they also do takeout. Yeah, they do take out. Oh, I would totally go there. I need to take my mom there because she, I think she'd be into that, especially like that green roll mm-hmm. or whatever it was, the emerald roll. That's mm-hmm. what it was with all the asparagus and everything. That one looked really great. That was the out. one on the table next to us, right? Right. Yeah, that one looked really great. There's definitely a few things that uh, I would go back that I want to The next to try. time my sister comes to town, she will go crazy for that because whenever she comes to town, we always go for sushi. Oh, okay, yeah, see, when my mom and my sister would do that, and I used to go to sushi lunches with my mom, um, you know, a few years ago, um, I also need to take her to Shoujin, though. Like, Shoujin is, like, this place is cool for, like, lunch and a pretty casual dinner. Shoujin is, like, the type of roles where they're pretty much not close to anything authentic, but they're so freaking amazing, like... And I don't say that lightly. Hey, the deal. It's vegan. It doesn't have to be authentic. You can make it oh, for sure. whatever you want. Uh, but that's what I'm just, as a disclaimer. Fair enough. Do you so like some the people, sushi at home? Um, I very, very, very occasionally make it at home. It's usually pretty good. Just like how I very rarely make, um, like, summer rolls or spring rolls, mm-hmm. even though they're dumb, easy to make. Mm-hmm. Like, except for the rice paper being kind of finicky at times. But those are so easy. You mm-hmm. literally just put whatever you want in a rice paper, which is great. Um, Ooh, I'm going to make smoked tofu rice paper rolls. We have brown rice ones at work. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I've seen them. I think that might be it to approve. Oh, that would be good. See, I want to buy those, but I have a lot of rice papers at home, so I don't want to buy them. My, I only have, like, one cabinet for my pantry, really, because that's what I've been allotted, and... It's not going to like take your stash in your bedroom. No, I kind of <laughs> creep into other cabinets a little, but like cereals and whatnot. But they, oh, it's so stacked right now. I need to like make a lot of things with dried food, apparently. I like to do that every couple of, maybe like once a year, do like a, a pantry project where you just make things with only things you already have. Yes. Jail did that. Just go through it. I did it like the first. I want to say, like, the first year of, of, um... Like, vegan muscle? Yes. I did that. That's pretty sweet. My cousin did... She inspired me to do it, because she did it. And then I did it. I know lots of people do it. But it, gosh, makes you think really creatively. You have yeah. to come up with tasty stuff out of your right. kitchen with whatever's on hand. Which is basically mac and cheese. For me. I made mac and cheese last night. I made mac and cheese last night because I was like, damn, I have like six different types of noodles and they're all just like little bags. Because really when you make something that's like two servings, you don't use a whole bag of pasta. And when I say two servings, I more mean like it's three according to the bag, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Also, did you try our latte yet? Yeah, it's really good. The homemade almond milk or homemade. So we went to Mackay Coffee for coffee. Also on Broadway. Yes, on Broadway. 
Well, no, because wait, we were on Broadway? Yeah. Or we were on... We were on Broadway. And we stayed on Broadway. I thought that Mackay's on 4th. No, it was Broadway and Temple. Oh. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Broadway and Temple, Mackay Coffee, they I have just imagine homemade almond milk. Yeah. And they yeah, have milk. milk. Yeah! <laughs> and soy milk. Right. I know. What I'm always just hoping for soy milk. I'm still kind of amazed that, like, okay, so for example, uh, poor, poor, what's that restaurant called that you went to for burritos? Uh, Potholder. Potholder. So, Potholder Cafe has, a, like, three vegan menu items, but doesn't have soy milk. Ah, I see. I didn't even ask. I asked for coffee. Because I was like, oh, do you have any soy milk? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, I'm not surprised, but I kind of am, because you have tofu scrambled. Yeah. Like, why would... And soy riso. Right. So, like, wouldn't you just for, like, somebody with, like, a dairy intolerance or something have... Or just have soy, soy milk. It's right. Shelf stable. I don't get it. Until you That's it. right, right. It's so easy. Stick it in your pantry. Right. Dang. I probably should just start emailing these places. Or even almond milk instead of soy milk because so many people are like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about Whatever. Something. Yeah. Something. Even it's really good. Even you didn't put any sweetener or anything in it. No, it's, it's super almondy. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it tastes like they did raw almonds. For sure. That's what it tastes like to me. It could be roasted. Mm. It's good. And the coffee seems pretty good, too. It's a little bit on the, like, bitter end. Kind of. It's not that bad. Oh, it's good. It's, it's pretty mild, considering. I can definitely tell it's almond milk, though, because it's kind of a little chunky. There's a little chunks in it. But grit. A little grit. A little grit. A little grit. <laughs> it's not much, though. Very small. Just weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Otherwise, successful lunch. Successful lunch. And coffee. And coffee. And it's a beautiful day outside. It is. A little cloudy, a little sunny. Mm-hmm. 73. Can't yeah. complain about 73 in January, right? Right. <laughs> it last January was like a freaking 100 degrees outside. No lie. That's yeah. not an exaggeration. That was brutal. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even have winter like, last year. All I want to do is wear a freaking jacket. <laughs> okay, so anybody listening from like... Michigan or New York is like, yeah. fuck you guys. Yeah. And you're 73. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, okay. Honestly, the only thing I don't like about actual winter is snow if I have to drive in it. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm cool with chilling, which is most likely never happening, like, um, then I would live somewhere with snow. Or with, like, a fairly dry winter. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's, say, like, say, for example, in, like, Texas, where, yeah, okay, it'll snow. But it's not like if you went to Michigan. And you're like, oh, I got six feet of snow, like, over, mm-hmm. you know, a Can't get out day. of my house. Right. I have to dig a tunnel right. out of my front door. Like, last winter, Dallas had the ice storm type of thing. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, the whole south. Georgia, everywhere. Right. So, it's, everything just froze. Like, I'd actually, aside from the really dangerous ice on the road, like, I'd be, be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. More, like, more easily than, like, snow. I just remember one time when I was in Michigan, when it was snowing, we were driving to the airport, and my dad can be kind of like a jerky driver, not like an <laughs> asshole, but like jerky, jerky literally. Like, um, and like whiplash style. Right, a little bit. Uh, and, I, and I feel like that happens to a lot of people when they get older. They just kind of like get like that, which is weird. Um, Does your dad drive with two feet? Sometimes that leads to Some older people drive with two feet. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but we're on this freeway going to the airport, and it's actually super trafficy. It has snowed. And it was probably like 18, 20 degrees outside. Ugh. Yeah, during the day. And maybe it was that 
closer to 30 at that point because it's the middle of the day. And, um, you know where you're going? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and, um, we're going. Well, you know, people are braking, and then obviously braking on the road when it's been snowing out is pretty sketchy. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, and we're in the far right lane on the, on the freeway. So there's a shoulder. Um, but, or I think it's actually second to the right lane. And the, a person, a few cars in front of us stops and starts sliding out oh, sideways. That's the car in back of them is sliding into them. And so my dad's just like, Rrr! and like, cuts over the right, drives on the shoulder. Like, obviously not accelerating, but just getting the hell out of the way. Right. And Mark. maneuvered, oh yeah, totally maneuvered us out of that. And I was just like, dying. I'm like clutching the door, <laughs> like, Ugh! We were all like, thanks, Dad, for not getting in a car accident on our way to the airport because that would have really sucked and we felt really bad for everybody that was involved. It was, luckily, it was such a slow type of impact thing. Uh -huh. It was like, there was probably like a 90% chance that nobody got even minor injuries. It was more just like a stress thing, of course. Last winter when I drove to Portland, Portland doesn't usually get snow if right. they do it but they didn't melt, but yeah. they got like massive snow. Yeah. And Oh, and um, nobody knows how to drive in Scotland. No, at all. And so um, the five was closed down unless you had chains. So I got chains, and I was sitting on the five, and then they would close it, and then they would open it, and then they would close it, and then they would open it, and then they would close it, and then they would open it. And then it would be like all of us just chilling on the freeway, and it was starting to get like two in the morning, three in the morning. And it would be all of us just chilling the freeway. People just started getting out and talking to each other. Yeah. So we couldn't move. Yeah, we had yeah. the news on waiting for when they said it was going to open again. Right. It, was, it took me five hours to go what normally is a 90 minute drive. Oh, insane. God. Because people would be stupid and they would get on the freeway instead of having chains and just like going really slow. No, slide out oh. and like close the freeway down again. Oh. And there was random, there was just cars like. Over on the side. Just everywhere, just a bad day. Like, yeah. We quit. Wow. That's crazy. So, yes, I'm very thankful for 7 3 in Weather and no snow. Though it did snow in Southern California last weekend. It did. It was like two weeks ago. When it rained, but it was super cold. I actually loved that because it did snow where we were at. Correct. But it did snow, and not even, it was like under 2,000. It's not elevation. Yeah. So, that was pretty wild. Yeah. Um, And. But when it was like 40 as a high during the day, that is awesome. That's like fall. In and you get to actually wear your scarf. Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> it, this is awesome. So sorry, guys. I live in Michigan. Yeah, hey. We're here, 73. Yeah. Hey, but they have a, um, they actually, so Detroit area, they are having more and more vegan options now out there. Because people are taking advantage of the opportunity to open right. businesses. Right. I think it's amazing. It's pretty great. Some of, um, it's not always vegan, but some of the amazing environmental uh, options, like business models that are starting to pop up there are mm -hmm. incredible. They're taking yeah. over these big factories mm -hmm. and turning them into these like multi-level indoor greenhouse gardens. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, they're just like every yeah. floor is doing a different crop and, and mm -hmm. it's just so cool. Yeah. Like even my uh, my cousin's boyfriend... He uh, is involved 
with a company, they basically do all of these like art installations and things mm-hmm. where they like end up cleaning up this area that was either abandoned or whatever mm-hmm. and do a like an art installation that has, you know, a story behind it or like wants to advocate for a cause or something like that. And then they get people in the area to basically volunteer and be a part of it. That is so awesome. For like kids in schools. Yeah. So stuff like that. It's going to build a better Detroit in the long run. And, oh, and that's not saying that I'm, I'm glad that it went to shit. Of course oh, not. Oh, no. No. But it did. And now it's rebuilding yeah. as I think um, the community is taking control of right. it. And yeah, more instead so of letting, than like huge businesses yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Right. No, it's it's it is great, but yeah, it it's sucks. shitty for the people that yeah, it really, are it really affected is. in a negative way. Yeah, but yeah, I but I love that area. Even like um, so like Royal Oak is like ten minutes out of Detroit, mm-hmm. and they so um last year or well I guess in two thousand twelve, thirteen when I went in the fall showed up and then they're like oh there's a beer fest happening in royal oak and i was like hell yeah i gotta go to a beer right. fest so but they had like 70 uh breweries there and you get like seven zero seven zero wow well something like that or like 50. wow even, it was just even if it was 25 it was that's a lot pretty pretty crazy um but a lot of people ran out of beer because i don't know if they were expecting people to drink so much but we all got 20 drink tickets which is 20 but people were over pouring the uh, samples <laughs> So I like went through like ten, and I was like, mm, like I don't know if I really need the rest of these. But anyways, there was a food truck there, and um, really, how we with a leaf over? In the street, right? Like it's already in the street. You don't need a whatever. So anyway, um, there's a food truck there, and it said like all American food truck, and then it said vegetarian on the outside, and I was like, okay, maybe there'll be like a vegan option mm-hmm. here. I go to the truck and then I'm asking, they're like, oh, it's all vegan. Right. And I was like, I just happened to go to this beer fest that's in Detroit area and it's an all vegan food truck. That's and awesome. in Royal Oak, there actually is a vegetarian vegan restaurant called In Season, like I N N. And it's super cute. It's kind of crunchy, but like <laughs> the food's really good. It's very like warm. I'm okay with nice. crunchy. Right. So, kind of crunchy. No, it was, well, naturally. <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was really cool to see that type of thing there, um, and even like let's say like a menu that said you know vegetarian or, mm-hmm. or something like that. So it's pretty cool. We're taking over the world, one uh, vegan restaurant at a time. Yes, absolutely. Well, we made it home. Yeah, it was so great. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm just gonna be on all of your episodes, Joni. <laughs> we'll just have lots of lunch dates. So I, like <laughs> I like that idea. Bye. All right, nice talking, everyone. Bye. Earlier in the intro to this episode, I mentioned that I dedicate this podcast to positive vegan outreach. And I wanted to give you guys a few tips on how to do that. Um, One of the biggest challenges when talking to people that you know and that you love and that love you is talking about veganism because these guys knew you before you were vegan, possibly. Um, And sometimes hard to get your point and your message across to people you love and to people who you know, especially family, husbands, spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, partners, roommates, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, 
they just don't want to listen to you. Um, I'm a perfect example. I live with my husband and we've been together 21 years, yet when he made the decision to go veg, he claims it had nothing to do with me. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like to eat my food and, you know, hey, to each their own, whatever. Um, as long as he's veg, that's all that matters. Um, my ultimate message is to lead by example. Always lead by example, be a good steward for veganism, show how you can be happy, healthy, show how you have fun, show how you are able to enjoy yourself when you go out to eat with friends that aren't vegan, show how easy it is to order vegan off a traditional menu, show how easy it is to be vegan. Post tons of pictures of delicious food on your Facebook page, on your Instagram. Constantly show everyone how good you eat and how beautiful your food is and how delicious it is. Use big descriptive words about how great things are when you are out there in the, you know, in the webosphere. Uh, be a good example. So that's my tip number one. That is the ultimate message. But you need some more specifics when it comes to talking to people that you know or even people that you don't know. My dad will never be vegan. That's, it's that simple. But last year he was diagnosed with diabetes, so he's made immense changes to his diet. For me, that's an in. He doesn't have to listen to me. He doesn't have to say, hey, Joni, you know, he's going to listen to his doctors. I get that. I'm just his daughter. He's supposed to know more than me. So instead, I found him a book called How to Reverse Diabetes with Diet, written by, I think it's Dr. Bernard, uh, Dr. Neil Bernard. It, it doesn't say anything about being vegan on the cover, but guess what? It's a vegan book that talks about reversing diabetes with diet and tells you exactly how to do it. And it's full of information about eating a plant-based lifestyle. So that was an easy in for me. It doesn't have, the information doesn't have to come from me. I'm not, I don't have to be the expert. In addition, like with my mom, we went to Farm Sanctuary um, in the one in LA, the LA Farm Sanctuary. And she had never been to a farm sanctuary before. She went with me and Celine. We were taking some pictures and enjoying the animals. And she had never been to something like that before. On the way there, you know, she, I don't pressure my mom, just like I don't pressure anyone in my life to go vegan. I, they know that I'm vegan. They know why I'm vegan for the animals and they respect my choices. And I, you know, respect them. And I always answer questions if they have them. I don't, I don't push it, but if they ask me, that's my in. So we went to Farm Sanctuary and it was the first time my mom, I can't even believe this because she, she has every single one of my books. It just goes to show you she probably has never read them. Um, my mom didn't know that, that a cow has to be pregnant in order to give milk. And I, and I was a little bit flabbergasted by that because she's a mother, which means she knows that she doesn't give milk unless she had a baby. So <laughs> when I told her that, I go, mom, because she, she's like, I get why you don't eat meat. You don't want to kill the animals. And she goes, I just don't understand why you don't drink milk. And I was like, ah, oh, well, did you know that you have to keep the cows pregnant in order for them 
to make milk and every time they have a baby they rip the baby away from it and they send it to usually to the veal industry so drinking milk is directly supporting she and she stopped me missing she's just like wait 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 what do you mean they have to keep the cow pregnant in order for her to be making milk i'm like mom mom you gave birth to me and you made milk for me to drink i I don't see you making milk right now. And she was like, wait, 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 wait. Oh my God. She goes, I never thought about it that way. And and so it's just about giving people information that they don't have. Some of us must think that God is obvious because we're vegan. We already know these things are ingrained in our brain. Of course we know that you have to keep a cow pregnant in order for it to make milk. But not everybody knows that, can you know, and you have to understand that not everybody has the same amount of knowledge about these types of things that, that we do. So it's about sharing that knowledge, but not in a like, are you, are you stupid kind of way? Because that's going to turn people off. And that's the kind of reputation we are already up against anyways, as know-it-alls, as superior than thou type people and we don't want that reputation we have to fight that reputation so understand that people don't have the same level of knowledge about about animal agriculture that we do as ethical vegans um, so it's important to be able to share that information especially when people ask but not to push that information down people's throats when they're not asking like bringing it up at dinner time when someone across from you is eating a steak is probably the worst time to bring it up that's you know it might gross you out and it might be offensive to you and i get that but tell, calling someone out while they're eating dinner is probably not the best idea um, and it's not going to win you any it's not going to win you any favors so i say wait for the in and go that way another way to to be a positive vegan outreach expert is to get people just to agree to give up one meal a day or give up one meal a week or give up one day of meals per week a perfect way into that is meatless monday just try to get your friends and family to agree to do meatless monday say hey i'm not trying to make you go vegan but if you did meatless monday that would be 52 weeks of 52 different Mondays that you wouldn't be eating meat and to me that would mean the world to me just do it for me sometimes I ask people can you just do it for me you don't have to do it for you just do it for me I'm only asking you to just do it on Mondays do meatless Mondays and if you can do meatless Mondays that would make me the happiest person in the world and so people might might be willing to do that, especially if it's like your mom, especially if you still live at home with your family. Hey family, I know you guys are vegan and you know that I am, but hey, maybe as a family, we can do meatless Mondays. And then volunteer to do all the cooking that day. Volunteer to do all the cooking and all the dishes too on meatless Mondays. And then it becomes a fun family event where not only are you guys enjoying meals together, but you're able to show them how good vegan food can be. And that is one day a week and maybe they'll love it and maybe during the rest of the week they'll be like oh I remember that cashew mac and cheese that Jenny made me for dinner on meatless Monday last week it sounds so good I want to have that as leftovers 
during the week, or I want her to make that again for a Friday because that sounds so delicious. So you never know what can lead into making someone make more compassionate choices when you're not around, when you're not asking them. Okay, so another way to get at people, and I know this is a little bit sneaky, is to actually appeal to their sense of vanity. I know, I know, being sneaky is not the best way to go about things, and we all know that simply eating a vegan diet is not guaranteed to make you lose weight. However, there are a ton of books out there right now, the Engine 2 Diet, the all the Happy Herbivore books, um, pretty much anything by uh, Neil Barnard, you can get the China Study Cookbook, Forks Over Knives, any of these types of cookbooks offer a ton of recipes that are oil-free or not extracted oil-free. In addition, the book I wrote with Jerry called Going Vegan that came out um, late last year, that has a ton of recipes that are uh, really, really low in added fats. So no extracted oils. So those type of recipes actually will help people lose weight if they are overweight and they're trying to lose weight. I myself am overweight and I'm going to embark on an oil-free challenge for a month to see if it helps me kickstart my uh, weight loss plan. Um, I don't necessarily believe in an oil-free lifestyle, so for me it's just a kickstart and I'll go back to my normal uh, way of cooking afterwards, but I just want to do a little kickstart, get a little bit more veg in my diet and get a little bit more whole grain and stuff like that. So this will be a way for me to kickstart too. But Sorry, I got off subject there a little bit. If you're trying to get people to try out a plant-based diet, that's a way to get in. That's an in for you. If they're talking about, oh, I just made a New Year's resolution to lose 20 pounds or whatever. Hey, I heard of this 28-day engine two challenge. Maybe you want to try that. I've heard people have had great success losing weight on the, on the engine two diet challenge. You can appeal to people's vanity. So a lot of people don't realize that just giving up dairy is gonna cause them to lose weight. Or just giving up cheeseburgers, hamburgers, fast food, meat, is gonna help them lose weight. So that's another way. You can appeal to people's sense of vanity. Little bit sneaky, I know. Um, and for those of us who are ethical vegans and not, you know, vegans, to lose weight or for our health necessarily, even though a vegan diet is, you know, leaps and bounds healthier than the SAD diet, the standard American diet. Um, just know that in my heart of hearts, I'm an ethical vegan at heart, and I know that what I'm saying is a little bit controversial. However, you can get to people's inner vanity. You can get them to at least try a plant-based diet for a month. So another way is just asking people to reduce the amount of meat they eat. So many people say, yeah, I don't really eat red meat anyways, and I just only eat chicken and fish, or, oh, I, you know, I, I don't eat that much meat anyways. Well, find out, you know, find out for them. What, so what's your motivation for that? Why do you say you want to eat less meat? Oh, you know, it's too expensive. Great. Show them some cheap alternatives to meat, uh, beans, legumes, uh, all kinds of other inexpensive 
protein-rich alternatives to, you know, red meat, chicken, fish. Um, if there are reasons are, you know, that it's it's not healthy to eat that much meat, great. Show them alternatives. Find out what it is that their that their goal is, and and why why would they want to reduce the amount of meat that they're eating? Um, really, it doesn't have to be like, hey, all or nothing. Hey. Uh, you have to be vegan tomorrow. You can't have any meat ever again. Gosh, for so many people, it's not as easy as quitting cold turkey. For a lot of people, going vegan is a journey that takes a long, long time. My husband went vegetarian, I think about three years ago now, and he still eats eggs and cheese, not as much as he used to, but for him, that the idea of never having eggs again is just so scary to him. The idea of never having cheese again is so scary to him. And and I understand that, so I don't pressure him, but the amount he eats is so much less than what it was when he first went vegetarian. And so now, now, without me having to say anything to him, he, like, he has this overwhelming guilt when he eats eggs. He has, like, this, like, why why am I doing this? I, I don't, I, I know I shouldn't do this. And that is like the biggest step in the right direction when he knows what he's eating is full of cruelty. He knows those eggs are totally cruel. He knows that he's not supposed to be eating them. But at this stage in his journey, he's, he's not quite ready to give them up. That's okay. He's eating way less of them than he ever did before. He never buys eggs and has them in the house. He never keeps a, a carton of eggs in the house anymore. I, I pretty much won't allow it, but he won't do it anyways. Um, every once in a while, he'll buy some hard-boiled eggs from 7-Eleven of all places, because he just, he just needs them. Or he'll get a breakfast sandwich from a fast food joint with eggs and cheese, or a burrito with eggs and cheese. So every time he does it, he knows that it's not good for him. It's not only not good for him, it's not good for the chickens. And he knows that. So with every bite, he feels the guilt. Now, that's not guilt that I put on him. This is guilt he's putting on himself. And eventually that guilt's gonna take over and he's just gonna stop eating them altogether. Cheese, literally the only cheese he eats is cheese on pizza. He loves pizza. Now, I know there's Daya cheese, and I know there's all kinds of other cheeses, but at this point, he has not found one that he finds as an acceptable substitute for his beloved mozzarella on his cheese pizza. And you know what? I'm okay with that. He's vegan except for some hard-boiled eggs and cheese. <laughs> and I know that's a weird statement to say, vegan except for. Um, I was at the Arizona Food Festival watching a speech by J.L. Fields. And if you guys don't know J.L. Fields, you need to know J.L. Fields. She's the author of the Vegan Pressure Cooking Cookbook. She's also a contributor to Going Vegan for Her. And she has a website called J.L. Goes Vegan. Um, she's awesome. She's like a real world vegan. She has real world vegan meal plans. She has all kinds of information on her website about um, going, uh, going vegan in the real world. So I'm sitting there listening to Gail talk 
She's talking about vegan pressure cooking and real-world vegan meal plans, but she's weaving in all of this wonderful information about being vegan in the real world, about not um, making it all or nothing when making the decision to go vegan. And I, and I was like, wow, but I'm always like all or nothing, all or nothing. I never even think about alternatives to all or nothing, which is not all or nothing. Wow, what an eye-opening like experience this is. This is so inspirational. So I'm going to share with you what she shared with me and the rest of the group at the Arizona Food Festival watching her her uh, her speech. So I'm going to share with you what she shared with everyone during her speech, which is like now coming third party because she was watching Marissa Miller-Wolfson, um, one of the producers and stars of the movie Educated. Um, she was watching a roundtable discussion where someone asked Marissa, or was telling Marissa, yeah, I could totally be vegan, but I just love shrimp. And so Marissa told her, okay, so be vegan except for the shrimp. Boom. What a great way to answer that question. Wow. Eye-opening, inspirational, perfect way to answer that question. Be vegan except for the bratwurst. Be vegan except for the Big Mac. Be vegan except for insert favorite meat addiction here. So, I know forever we talk about you can't be a part-time vegan, or you can't be almost vegan, or you can't be 99% vegan, but you kind of can because if someone's willing to give up everything, they're willing to give up leather, they're willing to give up pan comforters, they're willing to make sure that their entire, you know, stock of makeup and body care and personal care products and, you know, household products are not tested on animals and contain no animal ingredients, they're willing to give up milk, they're willing to give up cheese and eggs and everything, but every week they need to have an ultimate bacon cheeseburger from Jack in the Box. They're still giving up so much. That one bite, that one, it's that one item that's keeping them from being able to be vegan, if you allow them to have it, they're still going to be creating so much less suffering in the world than if they don't do any change at all because they can't imagine living their life without an ultimate bacon cheeseburger. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with giving people that option. And then my final tip to you guys, my very final tip, is to give people good vegan food. Bring it to potluck. Bring it to work. Bring it to school. Make food taste good. Bring them cupcakes from the local vegan bakery. Make them yourself. Make a casserole. Get vegan pizza. Have vegan pizza delivered. Share vegan food. Veganism as activism through food, so easy. Who's going to turn down a chocolate chip cookie? Who's going to say no to a delicious casserole? So just give people vegan food. Let them know that it's tasty. Let them know that it's delicious. Make them crave it. And make them know they don't have to give up their favorite food. So those are my tips for you this year to... Double our numbers. Remember, if each one of us just gets one more person to take that vegan pledge to be vegan this year, 
then we will have doubled our numbers. And that is so exciting. So go out there, give someone a cupcake, go out there, give someone a book, go out there, give someone a hug, and tell them that you're glad they've decided to embrace a more compassionate life, and you're glad they've decided to take on this vegan lifestyle, and that you're going to be there for them for any questions they may have, and that you'll be there to help them and to support them, and to be there process of going vegan, share your recipes, be a good steward for veganism, be a good example, live well, be well, and love well. Happy 2015, everyone. I can't wait for this year to get into full swing. Enjoy yourself. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Vegan Road Ramps with Joni Marie Newman. To find out more about me and veganism, head on over to my website, justthefood.com. Click on the podcast tab to find show notes and links to all the stories we talked about in today's episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Joni Marie Newman. Like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joni Cooks Vegan. Extra special thanks to Mr. Michael Semino for providing the amazing theme song and sound bites for this podcast, as well as to Scott McClymans for providing the amazing artwork. Remember, it is never okay to murder or torture another living being just for a tasty supper.